Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GinJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in on a Victory Monday edition of the show. We're going to talk about my top takeaways after a deep dive into the Jaguars' 36-22 victory over the hated Tennessee Titans. I'd like to remind you to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Please hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube as well. Really supports the channel. Could not be doing this without y'all. Your support means the world. Thank you so much for being here once again. All right. Top takeaways from the Jaguars win over the Titans. The culture is changing, and it's been a gradual change. I think part of that is natural, right? You don't come in here and change everything from day one if you're Doug Peterson. Uh, you start working towards that, and you show... Um, you show your accountability, you show your willingness to work with these people and have good relationships with them, all that stuff. But uh, part of it is demonstrated performance as well. The players have to see that that you know what you're doing as the head coach. They know you won a Super Bowl. They respect you for that. They know how you treat them and how this organization is run and how it feels like there's a purpose for everything that they're doing. But seeing these wins in certain situations and being able to believe in that and look back on that is huge for these young Jaguars. And when you talk about the culture, I think you're starting to see a team that is going to fight and is going to play hard week in and week out. Even against the Lions, they did not they did not play well, obviously. But I think a team like that, like the Jaguars of the past, right? They go in Detroit, they get their, they get smacked by the Lions. I think if they go to Nashville the next week, they come out and Derrick Henry's running all over them, that they, they fold. And that's what was happening early in this game in the first quarter against the Titans, but the Jaguars did not fold. I think a lot of that has to do with their belief in their head coach, their belief in their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and the belief in the entire culture, the belief in the entire organization and the system and what is going on in Jacksonville. There's a lot of different things you can point out uh, specifically like that Doug Peterson has done with this football team. But I think it's clear that he has established a new culture and they've been building on that throughout the year. And a win like this against Tennessee in Nashville, you have not won there since 2013. Um, it means a lot and, and it, you know, Doug Peterson always talks about, well, the next game is the most important game and they do believe that within that building, but he made a point from what I have heard to put together a little bit of a video montage, kind of explaining the Jaguars Titans rivalry and history to some of these players. Cause these players are so young and new. I mean, most of this defense was not around two years ago, right? A lot of this offense, same thing. So these players, uh, they need to know what they're playing for. They need to know why this means something. And uh, that, I think, builds a bridge between the football team and the fan base and the entire culture of this organization, not just within the building, but throughout the fans as well. I think it's clearly changing, and Doug Peterson is the catalyst behind that, and Trevor Lawrence is the catalyst behind that as well. And who is playing better football? than Trevor Lawrence. Um, Over the last five games, 11 total touchdowns, over 1,400 yards, total yards. 
zero interceptions. The guy's playing out of his mind right now, and it's not perfect. And it usually is not perfect for quarterbacks in the NFL. You see mistakes even in great games. You saw one today where he could have got picked off, but he didn't. And he led his offense and battled back, and he did it without a running game. And this is a guy that just, I think Trevor has always had the confidence in himself since entering the NFL, the confidence in himself that he can do it, that he can get the job done. Now I think he has the confidence that he believes he will get the job done and that the players around him will also get their job done. So the trust he is having in his guys out there and the trust and confidence he's having in himself, believing that he will get the job done, not that he can, but that he will, I think has been huge. And you see the physical talent all over the damn place. Some of the throws he was making today, or yesterday, excuse me, unbelievable, just dimes all over the field. Even the incompletion in the end zone to Zay Jones, which may or may not have been pass interference, Zay didn't complain about it, but it did hit Zay right in the hand. I mean, that was an unbelievable throw. You have the one where he's scrambling around, hits Jamal Agnew on the back shoulder. Uh, There were so many just absolute seeds from Trevor Lawrence in this game, and that's what you've seen for the most part over the last five games for Trevor Lawrence. Again, 11 total touchdowns, 1,400 total yards, over 1,400 total yards, and zero interceptions over the last five weeks for Trevor Lawrence. He and Doug Peterson are the catalysts for this culture changing in Jacksonville around this team inside that building, and it's just a sight to be held. And this is what you thought you could get when you brought in Doug Peterson to pair him with Trevor Lawrence. This is what you thought you could get. You know, a team that is starting to fight and and show signs of life and, and look like a team that could be really dangerous in the future if the right moves are made uh, throughout the offseason. So beyond the culture changing, and this isn't a takeaway specifically from the X's and O's of this game, but hope is alive in Jacksonville for 2022. The Jaguars are in the hunt. When you look at the graphic on ESPN or NFL Network or wherever the hell you're looking, the in-the-hunt graphic, the playoff graphic. It's Monday, December 12th, and the Jaguars are on that graphic. That's something that you have not seen in Jacksonville in a long time, really since 2017. And uh, to see it now, after you know losing five straight games in the middle of this season and, and things looking like they're falling apart, but you start slowly putting the pieces back together, getting things going back in the right direction for Doug Peterson and his crew. And again, they were never getting blown out. This was never a team that was completely falling apart. Uh, They just were struggling to win games, and now they're starting to win more games. Over that five-game stretch of Trevor Lawrence playing great football, they're 3-2. and And they've beaten the Ravens. They've beaten the Titans. And they have beaten um, the Raiders. So, uh, you know, not the best teams on the planet right now, but they've beaten veteran teams. And you love to see that. So big-time culture shift in Jacksonville. Hope is still alive. You know, if the Jaguars go 4-0 and down the stretch here, which is going to be difficult. You're playing Dallas. I know that. You're playing the Titans again. You're playing the Texans in Houston, New York, Thursday night football. It's not going to be easy, 
But if the Jaguars go 4-0 and and the Titans go 2-2, and including a loss to the Jaguars in the final week of the regular season, the Jags are in. The playoffs. Bottom line. They're going to win the AFC South. What's really interesting to me is the Jags don't even have to go undefeated when you're looking at it now. The Jaguars, four games left. Titans, four games left. We just talked about the Jags games. The Titans, they travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers this upcoming weekend, which I would believe the Chargers will probably be favored in that game. It's not going to be a gimme for the Chargers, but that's a tough game for the Titans, no doubt about it. They play the Texans in Tennessee. They'll probably win that game, right? But then they play the Cowboys in Tennessee and the Jags on the road. So could the Titans feasibly lose three out of four of these games? I think they could. It's not a pipe dream at all. I think they'll be they'll be underdogs likely against the Chargers and the Cowboys. And then if you take care of business when you need to take care of business, you'll have a shot. Again, you won't even necessarily have to go 4 and 0 down the stretch. 3 and 1 could potentially get you in if the Titans lose to the Cowboys and the Chargers. Fun stuff, right? The Jaguars are in the hunt. Hope is alive. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is a little more X's and O's standpoint. I like seeing Trey Herndon in the slot. I've been asking for it all year. Uh, look, Darius Williams. He's been the Jaguar slot corner this year. He spent his entire career in Los Angeles playing outside corner. You talk about Trey Herndon, when he's been at his best, he's been at nickel in the slot. Now, was it perfect? No. Was it pretty? No, not even. Uh, When you talk about what the Jaguars' coverage looked like down the field, Trey Herndon and Darius Williams specifically. Because Tyson Campbell, he was lights out in this game. You got to give him all his flowers. But Trey Herndon... Darius Williams, it was not perfect, but I think it's better. I think having Trey in the slot versus Trey outside is better. I think you just, you, I think putting Trey in the slot versus Darius Williams in the slot, you're downgrading your slot position a little bit for sure. But I think having Darius outside and not Trey Herndon or Buster Brown or Tavon Campbell or whoever the heck you want to put out there is a big upgrade on the outside. So I think you'll take that overall. And, um, you know, they did the job. There were some opportunities for the Titans that the Titans didn't take advantage of. But overall, this coverage unit did look better. They, they looked like they were in better position. Evan Ingram and Zay Jones, they both popped off this one in a big way. But I think these performances were a little bit emblematic of who they are as players. They're never just going to give you... Uh, everything that you want, right? Like Evan Ingram had a career game, two touchdowns. Uh, the the one that he caught in the end zone on the left side of the field, offensive left side, defender draped all over him, has to go up and get it, get both feet down in bounds. That was awesome. And you saw him, you know, in space all day, just eating up yards for the Jaguars, right? And then you saw Zay Jones had a couple of important catches, none more important than 
Trevor Lawrence is trying to find him in the front corner of the end zone. Roger McCreer gets a hand on the ball. Uh, the ball's kind of bobbling around. Goes on a funny trajectory, but Zay Jones is able to corral it and get both feet down with an unbelievable toe tap at the end of his right foot. Um, so you love those, but then you also saw uh, Zay Jones could have had another would-be touchdown or play that would have got the Jaguars down to the one-yard line. He just couldn't haul it in. Evan Ingram had multiple uh, plays where you could call it a contested catch, you could call it a drop. It looked like he had position to go get the football, and he didn't get it. Uh, so as much as I want to praise these guys, I want to be realistic in my evaluation of this. And I believe that if you want to bring back Evan Ingram for 2023, Right, He's on a one-year deal right now. He's not under contract beyond 2022. If you want to bring him back, I'm not going to be mad about that one bit. But I will say, depending on how much it costs, all that stuff, is it going to be the best use of resources? Is it going to be the move at the tight end position that gives you the highest possible ceiling? I don't think it will be that. I don't, uh, but I, I do think he can be an effective tight end. You're going to be frustrated sometimes with some mistakes that he makes, but if you keep feeding him the ball, he's going to make a lot more really good plays than bad plays. I think that's fair, and I think that's fair of Zay Jones as well. Zay's under contract. Uh, my, my thoughts on him have kind of been, well, next year, do you want him to be your wide receiver three behind Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, or do you want him to be your wide receiver four? Personally, I think he makes more sense in a wide receiver four role, but it is what it is. Maybe Jamal Agnew takes uh, some more reps away from Zay Jones or some more targets away from Zay Jones, because I do think Jamal Agnew is a player the Jaguars absolutely have to keep around and make sure they continue to use him in this Jaguars offense, because he's electric. He's great great pass catcher, unbelievable with the football in his hands. I know he's little, but he goes up and get it, gets it, and he comes down with a lot of tight window catches when when given the opportunity. So uh, love love what Jamal Agnew did, and he got that big play called back, which was a real big bummer for him. But this is a guy playing really well, and uh, he's, he's under contract through 2023, but he's one of those guys where there's the team out, you start getting funny with the money, and maybe you – Decide, well, we could save $5 million by getting rid of Jamal Agnew. I wouldn't do it. I would keep Jamal Agnew in Jacksonville as long as I possibly can. Um, I do want to get into a couple negatives, negative takeaways from this game. And I'll keep it brief. Look, the Titans offense and the Titans defense, both heavily injured both not performing at a super high level right now. I don't think that the Jaguars pass rush coming to life was a sign that they've broken down the dam or broken the wall. And now all these sacks are going to continue coming hot and heavy throughout the remainder of the schedule. I think you were looking at a Titans team, especially at offensive tackle that really, really struggles to pass protect think you're looking at a Titans team that did not have a full complement of receivers, did not have a lot of uh, weapons for the Jaguars to be fearful of. And I think you saw Ryan Tannehill uh, a little gun shy a couple times. And so you saw the Jaguars pass rush really come to life. And I'm giving them credit for getting the job done. They went out there and they did the job. Credit where it's due. 
but I'm trying to say maybe temper the expectations if you're expecting them to do that same thing against the Dallas Cowboys or the Jets in a couple. Like, Hopefully they do build off this and continue to play well. But the way I evaluated that, it looked a lot more like a shoddy offensive line and offense as a whole than it did the Jaguars just being this dominant defensive front. And uh, so I think that that is something to monitor, obviously, coming up in some of these games. And then finally, the Jaguars are not going to last long the way they're run blocking right now. They have, I know it's working right now because Trevor Lawrence is playing the best football of his life, maybe, maybe playing the best quarterback in the NFL right now. But you've got to figure out how to get that interior offensive line winning more one-on-ones in the run blocking department and playing cohesively because right now they're not doing it. It's been ugly for about a month when it comes to the Jaguars running the football, and I do not put that on Travis Etienne. There has been nowhere for him to go lately. So the Jags will need to figure that out at some point. But those are my top takeaways from this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit the like and subscribe button, notification bell so you don't miss a show. Check out GenJag.com where you can get some new Duval gear. You can also check out our channel membership here on YouTube. Thanks so much for tuning in, Duval, and enjoy your Victory Monday. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.